International. Welcome to beautiful South Austin here in the Flea Furnace. Coming at you live is the next live here. It is what it's talking about. <laughs> live on tape. Live on tape. Uh, is the Gary Busey Town Massacre. We got five stars, right? <laughs> 300 stars. 300 stars, yeah. And uh, 400 views, 300 stars. I thought that was a good turn, so. Yep. And uh, so we returned to anime. Yep. We're in the middle of it. If you listened to last week's episode, we already knocked out one anime Yep. Uh, called The Girl Who Leaps Through Time. Leapt. It's past tense. The Girl Who mm. Leapt Through Time. Uh, and uh, this week, we return to the theme of time travel i think that's not necessarily um and um what's the term and thematic of what oh, our of, of the point of our 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 special thing are we doing we are kind of doing like time travel time sensitive kind of themes for well, our anime the, section this too really just yeah i mean it's not sure time not. travel but it is time period I mean, it is takes it right place in time so <laughs> <laughs> see everything takes place in time so i think that's the theme we're going for uh and so this week we um i'm donna uh, yeah so yeah let me introduce <laughs> other people who might whose voices might pierce the air hello donna how are you doing Hi. i'm good how are you Bezo? i'm doing well and <laughs> ethan Pierce the air, pierce the veil. Hot topic. There we go. <laughs> Ethan and Donna, of course, uh, from Gabby's Town Master and co-owners <laughs> oh, of... Oh, yeah, let me, rep- let me <laughs> plug the show <laughs> on the Gabby's show. Town that, that makes sense. The okay. Uh, promo. Good promo. You like that? A little plug there? Hot plugs. We can do it now because we're not going to do it at the end because yeah, we forgot to do that. Yeah. So um, this is... Uh, it's always fun to and i think we're all on board on this it's always fun to talk about a movie that we all really like mm-hmm. or at least that we all have a lot of positive things to say about it and uh sometimes it's like eh, one person's kind of not feeling the others and a little conflict okay that's good that makes good for good pod but uh 
But sometimes it's really good just to lean into something that we're all enjoy and we advocate for. Yeah. And uh, this certainly We've is one of them. We've talked about it before. Yeah, and it's it's so good, it's worth bringing up and talking again. Uh, this is the, I guess we call it the 2016 anime? Yeah, technically. Yeah, uh, anime uh, Your Name. Um, although, to be fair, I didn't see it until 2017, and here it, it is, 2018. Yeah, so it came out in 2016 in Japan, and then it didn't come to America. Well, it did briefly at the end of 2016 in like December. It played in LA only just to try and get in for an Oscar nom. And it certainly didn't get it, which is ridiculous <laughs> because it's it's a it's an impressive movie which definitely deserves a nom. Which is at the least. Well, it's even crazier too because if you think about like if if you are under the ideas that maybe the Academy will only give one anime the nod for an Oscar. Uh, The Studio Ghibli movie that came out that year was The Red Turtle, Mm. which did you see that? I did not. Oof. I'm I, I I never jumped on the Studio Ghibli bandwagon. Uh, That seemed to come and go. Princess Mononoke was the one that sort of pierced through um, there were other, obviously, my neighbor Totoro, Totoro, excuse me, and a bunch, and a few others, obviously, that you know surfaced in America. My favorite Howl's Moving Castle. Howl's Moving Castle as well. Maybe a controversial opinion, but that's my favorite. Yeah, I, uh, I, I never fell in love with those movies like, like my contemporaries. So I was always drawn to um, other things, and this is not a Studio Ghibli movie, and I, I enjoy this more than any of those films that I've seen as, you know, uplifting and magical as they all are. Yeah. So one thing before we get into the conversation, we all saw this movie. Well, Bezo, you saw it independent of us. We were going to go see it together. The dubbed version, uh, but then old Donna had a few too many drinks the night before <laughs> and had to cancel her tickets uh, for the dubbed version. And then Ethan and I later that same night went and saw the subtitled version. Then right. about a month later, the movie was doing so well in theaters that they kept expanding the release here in Austin. Mm-hmm. Uh, so about a month later, I went and saw it with one of my girlfriends who like her and I watch a lot of anime and we'll talk about shows and shit. Yeah. And I like dragged her to the theater and we saw it together, which was really fun and interesting. Cause I, there's very few movies that I've seen multiple times in the theater right? or during like an initial theatrical run. Yeah. Uh, I've seen like some movies when they've come back into the theater and I've definitely mm-hmm. seen movies like way later when they'll do like a 20 year release kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Right. And there's plenty of movies that I've watched a million times at home, but very, very few that I've gone through the trouble of seeing like during their actual theatrical release multiple times. And this one did not have like a six month release. It was in the theaters for maybe two or three weeks, I think. And people thought it was going to be gone a couple of days and it had at least legs that lasted, uh, you know, almost several month. months. Oh, really? Did yeah. it, did it really did last <laughs> yeah. months? Okay. Okay. Yeah. They kept like not posting additional screenings and then like it would sell out everyone and then they kept pushing it. The first time that we saw it, when Ethan and I saw it together, uh, the subtitled version, because I think the dubbed one was in one of the smaller theaters, like 
four or five. Yeah. If you're really familiar with the draft house on South you Lamar. Which, the, which actual theater seats 28 uh, people. But the subtitled one had was in one of the bigger theaters that so seats like 100 people. Right. And it was like almost sold out when we saw the subtitled one the week that it had the release. Mm-hmm. And then a month later when I took my friend to go see it, it was back in the theater for even for the subtitled one, which was much smaller. But again, completely packed theater, which is fucking crazy to think about. Yeah. And, and Draft House does, you know, it does uh, attract an eclectic view of group of people here in Austin. Although it, you know, it also, there's a, that Venn diagram overlaps with popular movies as well. Um, but for, uh, a, you know, a, an imported Japanese movie with it's all in subtitles that does not have like a major uh, ad campaign for it to continually sell out. It's only doing so because of word of mouth. And um, and everybody watched it, loved it, and told their friends you have to go see it, which is how I ended up seeing it, and I'm sure countless others. Yeah, I will take full responsibility for at least 20 people that I forced to go see it the in the theater. The credit is yours. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's a good movie, and it's important that it was in the theater for that long. Yeah. And that it even was in the theater at all, you know? there's yeah. I'm sh- There's got to be a lot of smaller places and maybe you know people are listening to this show that didn't even have an opportunity to see this movie right and we tried to warn last week of course like see it before you know we try to do that every time we talk (laughs) about a movie that you can't not spoil right but i honestly i don't think that this movie is even still widely accessible i had like such an ordeal trying to get the fucking dvd for this movie right let alone trying to see it in theater especially in some like podunk town Wherever. or whatever yeah yeah and and to that uh on, and on that note uh again we do this I, it seems like i say this we do this rarely but now it's what less rarely sorry phone for you. Jesus. <laughs> kind right. of unprofessional bullshit is this uh this is the official spoiler warning please go see this movie before listening to this podcast if you haven't seen it the movie's called your name uh, stop it here. Catch up with us on the other side of whatever you pause it for because you need to go see this movie and better to watch it without spoilers. Oh, and maybe if you're not sure if you'd like the movie, the soundtrack's really great and it's all on Spotify. So check out the soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, I listen guess. to the Japanese soundtrack. It has because the, it won't spoil the movie for you because you won't understand. <laughs> it. Just don't read Probably the lyrics. True. Yeah, but it does also have. There is it, the, actually the deluxe version of the soundtrack has the songs in English. So the it band, probably still won't spoil the movie. No, for <laughs> sure it won't. The band. Assuming. Part of what I want to talk about before we really get, or at some point in yeah, yeah, our conversation, yeah. is the difference between the American version, the English version, the dubbed, and the subbed. And you're going to have to speak on that more than I can. I can't really contribute on that. I, I haven't heard or seen the dubbed one. I've only seen the subtitled one. Oh, really? I thought you saw the dubbed one. No, I saw the subtitled one oh, at the theater. Oh, fuck. I never... I haven't watched the dubbed one. Oh, shit. Well, God damn. damn it. <laughs> oh, shit, guys. Fuck, I, I should watch it. it. <laughs> Son <laughs> of a bitch. Oh, well, well. <laughs> the, the... We can revisit this next year when we do another anime <laughs> and we bring it back up on a dubbed version. <laughs> well, the dubbed one is actually kind of interesting. So, I think part of the like ploy to try and get people in a different audience to watch this movie or a different demo. Uh, the dubbed one, uh, Mitsu, Mitsuha, the girl mm-hmm. is voiced by 
the chick that does the voice for Sailor Moon in mm. Sailor Moon Crystal, which is a reboot of the series that just happened within the past three years. Uh. Uh, and then the guy, Taki, the guy that voices him in the dubbed version is the voice actor for Naruto. Oh, okay. Naruto. <laughs> So the, I think that was like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah. think that was like kind of like a hey guys. Like in that world, it's name recognition, right? Right. right. If you're like uh, whatever, I don't, I don't know why you would want to see that version. Their right. voices to me are highly obnoxious, yeah, yeah. and not something that I would want to see, even if I didn't have like such obvious strong views on going to see like the subbed version versus the dubbed version. Ethan. Uh, last episode, we uh, talked about your lack of enthusiasm for uh, sort of like romantic driven movies or plot lines. This one has that. You're, you're more favor. You warm to this more than Girl Left Through uh, Time. Yeah, because it's better. So is, is, are you still, is, do you have a beating heart for the romantic plot core of this movie or is I it just other really things? like the science aspects you know i'm about astronomy yeah. space you know i like sky shots yeah yeah uh you know all just pretty much the tech on this one for yeah me. so you could tr- you could like turn the, the volume <laughs> i like how they're all in mechs <laughs> that, that's like my that's favorite your, that's probably my the favorite robots part. in the robots that was a, an interesting yeah. design choice yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. so was, you could just enjoy this on mute yeah you know, really. yeah yeah just yeah, this yeah. cool space shots yeah definitely i like the pokeballs i like the, <laughs> i like the science i like the nasa things uh no i mean this one it's just better written you care about it more yeah yeah like i mean it's it's a way better story and it has like a misdirect at the end which is really nice like it goes on like that 20 minute misdirect for the end that's like really good it's like multiple misdirects yeah. i mm-hmm. think yeah yeah totally. for sure i mean it's just better written like it, it's more interesting of a story that actually makes you feel more rather than i feel like the girl who left her type that one is just the plot is so linear and it doesn't like it doesn't trick you it doesn't do anything cool okay. there's also i think too like just to add on like the characters being so great in this one like even the side characters are all like very defined like yeah. i feel like i know who the side characters are and even at the end of it um or towards the end of the movie in the beginning of the third act i guess uh taki finds out he finds like a book that lists everyone that died. And the first names that he sees are Tessie and right. The side characters. Right. And he's like really upset about it, but like the audience or me, maybe, I don't know, is also like very upset about these characters dying. Yeah. And like, honestly, any one of the characters in the girl who left through time could have died. And it's less, I mean, even like, like, I mean, if you look at something as simple as like that grandma character that they have that like carries a whole lineage of a city, like Mm -hmm. you don't have that in the other one. You don't have any character with that weight of, of that, that represents something larger than like what they are, things like that. The fact simple. Yeah. The fact simile would be the aunt character who shares the wisdom and the magic and how it all works and so forth. That's sort of the, 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 yeah, but they don't really explore her. Like that's the whole thing is like, you see that ant character in what two scenes 
and you don't really care about her too much. Yeah. Like, like that's the whole thing. Like, this character, I mean, this movie has, you know, how many more characters? That it's you also, about? I feel like the characters and the girl who leapt through time are more muted. Yeah. Like, the aunt, while she's sharing this wisdom and everything, she's so, like, stoic. Like, there's yeah. really no dynamics going on with her at all. Whereas, even the grandma like doesn't even have a paragraph worth of dialogue mm. i feel like maybe maybe a paragraph whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. i but mean she has that big long speech while well she, right, she she's an exposition dump character yeah. just like the character it not to get too much i want to get revisit this real quick but just as a quick little aside the reason why it, it bears comparing this film to the one we just saw as other people have made that comparison. Right. So less people have made the comparison based off of the story and more people have made the comparison based off of the animation. There's a specific scene. Uh, well, the scene actually is really reoccurring in the girl who leapt through time, but towards at the end of at the beginning of the third act, there's a scene where the main character in that movie is running down a hill and she eats shit and falls over herself and there's a scene in the beginning of the third act or end of the second act of your name where Mitsuha is running down a hill. She rounds a corner. It's almost like shot for shot the same scene, but it feels very different to me. Yeah, I and, and it's not just... The comparison isn't just, hey, look at this these sequence of shots that are kind of similar. They're both in the same sort of section of the movie. They're both in a high uh, dra- drama point in the, in the story structure. And they're also about films involving time travel in some sense, as well as uh, a, a female protagonist who's sort of leading the charge, who's sort of, uh, you know, an, 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 a, young, a young adult. So there's a lot more comparisons than just a few scenes that kind of look similar. Um, uh, that was the main one that Japanese Twitter was flipping out <laughs> about. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, it's also like, who cares? Because this one does it better. Well, that's what a lot of people said. I mean, like, the, basically the argument on Japanese Twitter was either you're pissed because this is a blatant ripoff of this other movie or people were like, well, they had your sentiments of, well, who gives a fuck? Like, this is a good movie and the story stands on its own. And other people were like, yeah, and so do 400 other series and miniseries and uh, movies and manga and everything. So it became like it kind of got diluted and people just started like sharing screenshots of manga and stuff like that and being like, yeah, people fall down a fucking (laughs) hill. That's like a pretty standard thing that happens. I I think what... when I was watching this and, and having the girl who left the time in my head as, as we're going through this is that what this film, uh, let's, let's take away the, the production value, which is, this is clearly superior in production. I, I would, I would imagine they had 10 times the budget. Um, and, and, and with that comes the talent. There's a tremendous amount of talent behind the, 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 the artistry in this. Um, but what this story does that girl left through time doesn't do is it, is it, uh, is it, is attaches itself to that cultural, um, dichotomy that Japanese culture, a lot of, a lot of the art from there lives in where you have the past and then you have the present. The past is historical and Japanese, you know, cultural, um, 
culturally traditional kind of uh, uh, dynamics. And then you have the Western uh, and super Western influenced dynamics. And then you have this cataclysmic event that has d- that bridges the two, which in his histor- historically it is the, the, the bombs, the atom bombs that were dropped. And then and throughout art and literature and Japanese art and literature, it's, it comes out in different forms in Akira. It's the Akira bomb that blows up and all kinds of other things. It's the other, it's Godzilla is the Godzilla coming up and blowing the city. And in this case, it's the comet that sort of de- describes those two things. And by sort of attaching itself into that, that uh, theme, uh, I think it's able to explore and has much more richness in the whole in the whole thing than Girl Left Through Time ever. No, there's nothing in, in yeah. Girl Left Through Time that comes close to trying to um, touch on some of those bigger, larger cultural issues. I think that there's some other things. So, choose um, uh, oh where to start. Out, outside of that realm, I think another important factor to bring up is that... Uh, Makoto Shinkai, the director of the film, mm-hmm. also wrote the light novel that this is based off of. Mm. So he he is the original content creator. Right. So like you're not getting 400 times removed of the story. Right. He made the original story, then he wrote the screenplay, mm-hmm. and then he directed the anime film. You know, like you can't get closer to that in terms of the actual content that's being provided. Mm-hmm. I think also what this one does better than The Girl Who Leapt Through Time or what paints like a, a better atmosphere uh, is. Um, again, to go back to the band, the Rad Wimps is mm-hmm. the name of the band. Mm. They watched the movie and wrote an entire album strictly for the movie. Mm-hmm. And the soundtrack is like very, uh, it's not moody necessarily, but it definitely sets the right mood for watching the movie. Mm-hmm. And like sometimes if you listen to the soundtrack like front to back or whatever top to bottom Mm -hmm. it the songs can seem kind of disjointed Mm -hmm. but in the film they make total sense with like the scene that's happening and it really like pulls you into those scenes Mm -hmm. i can't really remember much if any of the music from the girl who leapt through time it's true aside from the fact that there were several times where I thought the music was annoying, <laughs> which is not That's really not the good thing to remember. Right. I mean, it's like simple in the fact of like, I didn't even remember that ant character till you brought her up. Like I can't, I can't even remember really that story of the other one, mm-hmm. like compared to this one, like it's just such a weightier story. Like it's so, it's so much better written. Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't even think comparing the two of them is like, almost like even fair it's just they're so much different like this one too like the other one for the art for the animation for example like this one you don't even see anything close to the magnitude of the landscapes that you see in this one right like the landscapes in this are insane and like the sky's insane and the camera movement's insane yeah like just all of the visuals are complete just destroy the other one yeah and then and then the music's way better and then i mean i think it's it's a very easy argument to say the writing is significantly I, better as well. Yeah, I I mean the writing is obviously better on yeah. uh, on multifaceted mm-hmm. way of being better, but one of the big things um to me is that in The Girl Who Leapt Through Time, there's not 
a lot of silence. And I guess mm. where I would break up the scene that everyone says is like shot for shot scene, mm. they're both relatively quiet scenes. If you can recall it from the girl who leapt through time, it's also a relatively quiet scene because she's running through this crowd of people to try and stop her friends. So really the only thing that you're hearing is her screaming and then the background noise of the bustling shit or whatever. Yeah. In this one, she's having like an inner dialogue, but there's a lot of pauses between her dialogue. And when she falls, it ends and she's laying there and the scene doesn't go tight in on her face. It goes tight on the background, which is a blade of grass and Mm. a cricket jumping off of it. And that's Mm. the sound that breaks the silence. Mm. There's so much more like the sound design in this movie is even more impressive in some regards than the animation or than the soundtrack and the pairing of the soundtrack with the movie because the sound design fucking snaps you out of whatever intense thing that you're in, you know, where your mind is being pulled with this film or it's these little like gong, you know, background yeah. noises that are stringing you along and there's, kind of helping to guide your meditations. You're watching this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's like multiple of that in, in here that, that really does it well. Uh, I think, I think one thing that's really good that the other one doesn't have too, in the same respect is the idea of space, the idea of silence. Like you get that a lot more in this, you get, uh, silent scenes and 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 the cutaways are a lot longer and and they make you sit in the space a lot. But it's because the art's good and the writing's good that you're okay sitting in that space. But I mean, I mean, one scene in particular where like the sound design is is a lot. Uh, it just like shows a different level that most films don't reach is that is that super trip scene God, where so the good. art changes. I love it that op- scene. It, open, so it, amazing. it opens with like it opens with just like a fire crackling and like water, <laughs> and it's like it's just like really crazy sound design. And when you're watching it and then you're hearing like that like a- ASMR type yeah, shit, yeah, yeah. like you're like just you're just sitting in it like whoa, like it just yeah, it feels seems good. So beautiful yeah, yeah. when the cells are dividing. And then you, and then the baby crying starts coming in. Oh my God, that seems like. Yeah, and to add a layer of just impressive coolness about the whole thing is that the context of it is he is drinking, you know, an intoxicant, if you will. And in some sense, it is that. It is an essence of that force that seems to be connecting these two people out of time. So, of course, there's going to be a trippy mechanism, yeah. you know, about that. And so, when it, when the film goes into this high trippy thing, it's not like he falls asleep on this particular day and this is what he's, his dream looks like. No, he's fucked up. Like, there's a clear, <laughs> yeah. the art is representing... You know, or the story has presented a, a tool, a means by which to go into this radical kind of different change in art by merging the plot with that uh, with that change in art design. So it's, it's and the it's change very in sound impressive. design, like it's all there. Like the that's the thing about that scene that really really works is that is that everything coalesces into something. It it allows this thing to happen that 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 can't happen in a lot of films where you have like a trip scene like that where where the where the plot and the sound and uh, the art all kind of come together in a really good way. It's all the devices that you have at your disposal for making a visual piece of media are used to the 
full potential that they can be used during mm. this scene. I also love in that scene too that like you're not it's like not about his trip or him learning about her past. It's just solely about her story. And yep. it's like you're following this line, this ribbon, and it's drawing you through her story. And it's just, yeah. it's so beautiful and the way that it's done. Aside from that, it, it just like adds like that other layer of depth by giving her a backstory. By, by explaining where she came from and how it all makes sense. Like, Give- like it pieces a lot of things that... You don't need answers for to make the story work, but it but but by doing that, by giving a background, it adds an, an extra dimension or an extra layer to the to the weight of the story. I think uh, you could take that whole sequence uh, and just sit in it and probably do a whole semester, yeah. a class on right. that sequence and. Uh, and how it's done and why they choose the, the shots that they choose yeah. and the narrative points that they choose and then how it all works because it is a crescendo yeah. that ends in that just glorious shot of her looking up and the meteor yeah. having broken the atmosphere above her head yeah. and that even in that shot the impending doom of it all is not just hey this is a cool way to end this sequence it's also oh by the way this person isn't getting out of this. So if you keep thinking that there's going to be a happy ending, you know, this isn't hap- This isn't going to happen. So you're still on edge as to how this thing is possibly going to unfold uh, yeah. it, with that shot. Um, uh, so it, it, it's, a, it's, it really is just, a, the, the, that is the highlight. There's so many good things about this <laughs> movie, but that particular sequence and yeah. how the film brings into it and how all of that is plot relevant and character relevant, uh, relevant and everything else is just, is, is really masterful. Yeah. That scene is insane. Yeah. It's, I don't know. Like, like a, there's, there's not a lot of other animes, at least that I've seen that really can capture something that kind of like just, I just, it's just like such a technically difficult thing to pull off. Like yeah. the whole, the whole thing that 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 whole sequence is yeah it takes so much skill from like every aspect it's crazy too because like this is so at this point in the movie you already know where it's going to end in in theory you already know how this story is going to end and it's crazy that you're learning all of this about this character and it's like continuing to make you sad like it's just still adding to your emotional pool of like this character and you want this person to live and you want you want resolution to their experiences but you know it's just it's not going to happen that's uh so this movie is uh the plot of this movie is 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 ingenious in in many ways but one is a uh, is that it's a it's a mixed genre kind of movie. So when this movie first came out and you try to describe it to anybody, it's like, ah, it's like a body swap movie, you know? But when you say like body swap movie, you're like 13 going on 30 or yeah. some Freaky <laughs> Friday shit. Like, uh, it's like, none of that works. That's a shitty premise. That should never work. And it most of the time doesn't. And so the idea that they could to build the building this entire premise of this movie off the body swap concept seems like well this is not going to work at all. And yet 
that that is not it, they, they have a, a very subtle mechanism that makes it work is that each one when they go back to the because they swap and they come back and they swap and they come back it's random when it happens but when they come back they don't remember what they were doing in the other person's body and this haze like waking up from a dream where you, you kind of remember and then like five minutes later you have no fucking clue what you were dreaming about like it just it's all stored in short-term memory and then it's gone and so that mechanism allows them to go back and forth and and maintain this level of mystery between the two because if they could just communicate openly and remember this there would be no plot but putting it in this hey adding the dream like uh quality to the memories of it all uh, sets in motion this drama that they can't they can't resolve so on one hand you have that part of the story as uh, it's just a body swap movie but then there's the romantic component to it where the body swappers are get are are learning more about each other so you have a romance a romance movie on top of the body swap mechanism then you have the a disaster story, uh, like, um, uh, you know, like the volcano or, you know, in this case, comet, you're going to crash in the ground, meteor shower, you know, the story of trying to, you know, the, the, the one scientist who knows all the answers, but nobody listens to him and he's calling out, you know, the Cassandra effect, basically. Uh, so you have that story as well. Uh, that's on top of this whole thing. And, everything about it works because one thing that the the cassandra story in a sense is is is, has a predicate uh based off the body swap story and their relationship is what uh creates the tool for the cassandra story to work so all of these different themes all of these different genres uh sort of pretzel on themselves uh very effectively and uh, uh, like to the point where you, you have to kind of like k- take a step back and realize how how this thing is really working on itself with all these different things going on, uh, which I didn't really appreciate the first time I think I saw this. Uh-huh. I appreciate it now after being kind of I can look at it with a little more objective eyes. Um, but yeah, I feel like it gets better with objective eyes though. Like I feel like I feel like under more scrutiny, like the the plot is. I mean, the, the script is so well done that, like, under more scrutiny, you realize, like, oh, there's even more ties that make more sense and, like, stuff like that. That's what I said after I saw it the second time. So, the second time I saw it, the first time I saw it, I loved it. I thought it was amazing. And I think, like, anyone, the first time you see this movie, you're just going to be blown away by the animation. I mean, it is it is stunning. This movie is so beautiful. Uh, and the sound design to a lesser extent because it's it's just the animation is so like sheer force knocks you over with how beautiful it is and how smooth the transitions are and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second time I saw it, I already knew what was going to happen. And like, I just started tearing up like almost <laughs> immediately, like right out the gate. Like every time someone would say something, I'm just oh. like, oh, God, why? And then, <laughs> and then I saw it in this smaller theater. So it was like much more intimate. Uh, and I had like a really bizarre experience where like, there was a couple next to me and it was like a very like broy guy. And I was just like, Oh, his girlfriend like must have dragged him here. Yeah, yeah. And they start, they show like the little trailers before the movie, yeah. the like little shorts that the draft house puts together. Right. 
And he's just like giddy about that. And I'm like, oh, well, this is this like is your weird. People. I don't know. Like maybe this is going to be fun. And then there's like another like three or four girls that are sitting on the other side of my girlfriend. And I'm just like, okay, well, this like is going to be a good crowd. Like I'm not going to be angry while I'm trying to watch this movie for a second time. Everyone in the fucking theater, like halfway through the movie is just like bawling like everyone was like just so fucking into it and it just made it so much more comfortable but i was able to like sit back and really just like watch the movie and not be blown away by the animation and i loved it so much more and then this time watching it now for a third time Mm -hmm. i was still just like man i it's so it's it's crazy how captivating it is. And the fact that I was still like, Oh man, this is really funny. I I guess I, I just didn't understand the levity or the, the heaviness of like this one particular moment Mm -hmm. and this movie, it just was like another thing that was happening, you know? Uh, yeah, it's so crazy. (laughs) I remember when I first watched it, um, the film and perhaps the style of the music, if I had maybe just put a little more weight into it, I would have, I would have concluded that there's no way that they're gonna, you know, throw the, you know, pull the rug out from under me at the end. But when I first watched it, I was unsure that the movie was gonna let these characters get together. Yeah. I thought that they had built it up so much and had enough of their story going that they they didn't necessarily need to get together and that mm-hmm. the movie may uh, may go that route and when that when i was like i was getting like really anxious i was <laughs> like you, you got to get these people together they have to get together and so that scene when they're crossing the stairs uh, and I was just like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. You better say something. Yeah. And so it was like a huge cathartic relief for me when they actually, when they turned around, you know, and, 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 and said, do I know you? That kind of thing. And um, I have to admit, uh, second time through, um, didn't quite have the same effect, but how could it? Because I know and yeah. I, it's in my head. But uh, the first time I saw that, that moment was just, uh, it was very impactful. It's still very affecting. It's still affecting the second time through, but uh, it's, um, uh, it's one of the things that I, you can't, I, is, I, I would hate for anybody to hear this and not having seen the original to, to be robbed of that moment yeah. as, from a spoiler standpoint. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so if, it, it, even if you're going to share this movie with other people, don't tell them it's a good movie, a happy movie. Just, say you have to watch this yeah because you don't want to rob them of that moment yeah i mean the end is like i mean what you said right when we started talking the end of this movie is like so just like jutting paths and it's so jagged like you don't know really when it's gonna end and it's that's not a criticism it's not like it's it's not like it's abrupt and it, it keeps going it's very guided in the way that it misguides you and makes you think like, oh, well, this is the end or this is the end of that character or whatever. It's it's very effective. Not to get, uh, not to future trip on what will eventually be the, um, the live action version of this movie, uh, which ap- apparently is still going to, is still on the production line and J.J. Abrams is still going to be on the producing side of making it happen. But I guarantee that this movie really could, it could have gone both ways and still would have been 
satisfying experience. Um, the, but I I know that there's just I I just have a, in my instincts there's no way a Western storyteller is going to be able to tell this story and have the slightest inclination that that they're not going to get together at the end. Like that that moment cannot be sold. I don't think. Um, it's going to be foreshadowed. It's going to be obvious. The movie would not work if they didn't, etc. Um, it's one of these balancing acts that this. I don't know if it's a if it's an anime thing or if it's a Japanese sensitivity thing. Uh, that somehow they're able to tap into that. That I don't think Western filmmakers or Western storytellers can really do, or or really can produce from a from a budgeting standpoint and a big studio, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I think that like. I don't I don't even know how this movie is going to exist as a film at all because the entire movie is based on these very Japanese and very specific like steps made in Japanese history and culture and that's what makes the movie that's what makes everything go like every everything that happens in this movie is like a step on this japanese ladder of shit and there's it's just not stuff that you can do in america so like the only way that this movie would work is if it was filmed in japan and if it was using japanese actors and if it was like literally a shot for a shot film like film version of this movie i just i can't i don't because i can't like what how are you gonna make the situation of the sake how does that scene exist (laughs) in an american version of this movie there isn't anything like that it's a. Let's just put it this way: if they, if they, if they, when we see it, because we we will. Let's face that. Uh, when we do see it, um, if it's even, it would have to be so impressive and so original in in the material that um, that it it would be unexpectedly good. But that, if it's like so original, then it goes exactly to what you were saying: is that it's going to be so like heavy handed with the romance that you're going to know that they're going to be together in the end yeah. and it's going to ruin the journey. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I, I don't see a way that they can do this. So. Yeah. Um, and the, uh, you're totally right though. What I, but I, I, it's not, it's not just the, um, it's not just the, 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 the cultural, the Japanese cultural components to it. I really think that, the fact that it's animated uh, adds to that because in, in a live action version, this, the shot of the comet coming in through the atmosphere, that's going to be the selling point of the movie. Gets, okay. You know what? We, it's going to be CGI. You know, you'll have a hundred artists working on it. One guy does the fire. One guy does the smoke. <laughs> one guy does the atmosphere effects. 
and it's going to look CGI. And we're just going to go, that's an impressive CGI. And you just kind of like shrug your shoulders. Like, well, look, we saw asteroids coming in in Armageddon. It's not that much better from that. You know, it's whatever. Like there's a, there's a sort of a shrug your shoulders. Like, well, it's just nice computing power. We got big, you know, uh, server farms now, better server farms than we had two years ago. So it's the same kind of effects. You just do, you know, higher res textures and a little better anime. Like there's sort of a, I don't know if that's true. I, I don't know. Like when you look at, when you looked at like melancholia for instance when you're looking at like an impending doom type of film especially with something celestial like i think that was pulled off with weight like even yeah, for something that was like cgi or like like i i thought if you're if you're looking at like for that kind of a live action impending doom uh mildly psychedelic like type of thing i think melancholia pulled it off i would agree with you except that you're not seeing the impact and i think I don't know. I mean, you see the impact at the very end of the movie though. That is literally the last shot of the movie. The difference is that if you're talking about this film, about your name being made into a film, a film film, the comet destruction, which happens at the end of the second act, you still have an entire act after that. That's going to be the selling point of the movie. And there's, I don't, I don't think that there's a way that they could do it tastefully. I don't know. Who do you, who do you cast for the live action? I'll get to that. I want to answer that, but I want to finish the kind of the, the, the longer point that I was meandering to too long. The fact, the reason why I emphasize the need for the animation component is that, part and parcel of that traditional component of Japanese culture is hyper attention to detail. Um, I, I, I had done, uh, I've done some traditional Japanese martial arts and in this particular school <laughs> oh, that I yeah. was in, Aikido, baby. there was this, uh, you know, we learned a drawing of the sword, striking and resheathing the sword, different combinations in, uh, thereof. But the most simplistic draw slash resheath, whatever, if you really broke it down into all the little things that you need to focus on between your knees and your hips and your weight and your grip and how your elbows move and your shoulders and everything else, there's literally like 40 or 50 things that you have to keep into consideration just to do this one thing. Now, was that necessary? No, but that evolved from a long, uh, that traditional Japanese culture, a long history of taking something and just just refining it and polishing and polishing and polishing and polishing and polishing until you have that thing. That's the same way it is for writing. Oh, with the calligraphy and, and yeah, so well, forth. Yeah, well, just writing in general. Like, yeah. you would get, like, my professor in college would mark you down if your strokes weren't in the correct Order. way that they need yeah, to be in. Yeah, the, uh So there's this, there's this thing about the hyper-attention to detail. And when you watch this movie... And every every frame is is hand drawn. If there is CGI or computer animated for stuff, I, I feel like it was in the uh, the effects with the phone. Um, and if there's much much else in there, it's very well hidden. Um, but the fact that you can see the the artwork and the hand design and the meticulousness of it, 
it just is a it's another um, representation, another embodiment of that Japanese culture that this this film is about. And this sort of anime kind of thing lives in this post, uh, you know post uh, Nagasaki Hiroshima world uh, that they didn't have prior or at least I've, I've never seen anime prior to 1944 was there anime prior to 44 I don't know mm. uh, so even that itself sort of exists outside of that and yet it has this this still this attention to detail sort of component to it so uh, that so I think even the art is sort of culturally embodied uh, in- it's a cultural representation of what kind of is going on in the movie and so that's why I say when you do the western version of it that's a whole con that's a whole thing that runs from the first frame to the end that it won't have uh, and so uh, it's another reason why I ser- I have very serious doubts that the West the, the live action western version can really capture what what's going on here and then that circles back to who would want to cast <laughs> I don't know I don't know either. It's weird now as I get older, the the younger actors that kind of come up, I don't have a, load of, a lot of stock in them. Like I would probably pick one of the kids from it, you know, like, cause that's, that's, that's my extension. I like, I like the kid in it who broke his arm. That guy. I thought he was really good. Maybe he'll be old enough by the time he comes out. (laughs) Yeah, put the kid from Stranger Things in it. Put that kid in it. Yeah. How about you just do the girl from Stranger Things and the kid from Stranger Things? Might as well, right? Yeah, you might as well. Just do a cash They just get to do everything from here on out because they recognize them. All under 17-year-old roles. I really uh, don't know. I I hope that they cast uh, age-appropriate as opposed to a 25-year-old playing a 17-year-old, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. but I, I have no idea. Do you, who do you have, do you have anybody in mind that you would think no. of? Yeah. No, cause everyone I think is like, it's too old. Yeah. 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 And then like, I want him to be too young cause I don't want it to be like, Hey, I'm watching a young adult movie. <laughs> Look at me. Well, they also need to, I mean, they need to like embody the right characters too, like the characters yeah. themselves. Like the only okay, the only people that I think are like old, young enough, or old enough but look young enough mm-hmm. would be like Ansel Elgort and like the Baby Driver, yeah, yeah, and like Chloe Grace Moretz, yeah. like those yeah. are kick ass, yeah, yeah, like they're young looking, yeah, but I don't know that she would be like a great. What band would you pick to redo the soundtrack? <laughs> I, I, I really don't know. I, I just, everything about this, this movie is one of those, I, I don't want to say it's like a happy accident where all the things just. Yeah, I don't really want a live action. I don't either. I don't the think only, anyone the wants The only a benefit action. of the live action is it all, it will put a magnifying glass back on the original and will, yeah. it'll open the original up to new eyes. Uh, so there's that component to it. Um, but yes, yeah, so we'll eventually have to bump into some idiot who's like, I like the live action version better. Yeah. I was like, God damn it. I don't want to talk to you. Well, that's a good like indicator. Like, okay. I, there are people who tell me that they think they love the big bang theory. And I'm like, okay, I don't have to talk to you anymore. And so maybe it'll be a, a selecting really? you process. You look like you like the big bang theory. <laughs> 
fucking asshole. <laughs> he's like, not Yelda. wrong. He's not wrong. He said that, and I was like, whoa, <laughs> you're right. That's what it is. Wow. Yeah, I, I looked the demo, but <laughs> so that will fit. Really? fit. Yeah, you well. look like pseudoscience-y. <laughs> Do this guy that I work glasses. with. Sheldon. Shout out the guy that I work with. I don't want to dox you, because I also hope that you don't listen to this. I don't like you, but... Fuck you. <laughs> hell yeah. But this guy that I work with, that's his favorite show. Ah, dude. Yeah. And I'm just like, why? How? Like, explain to me how you can like this show. And he's just <laughs> like, it's just really funny. And I'm like, it's not. It's the total opposite. I have a friend uh, years ago who, when he described his hate for uh, Big Bang Theory, coming from a guy who's a double doctorate, chemical engineer, um, uh, just super smart. A real science. D&D does ha- host board game night as place like you know like nerd cred out the wazoo and he's like big bang theory is the minstrel show of nerd culture and i was like damn (laughs) (laughs) yeah so yeah maybe in the future at least it'll be an easier like tool to to just to separate people that i want to talk to i don't know i mean maybe it will be good who knows i I know here uh, the thing is (laughs) we know i know it's not it's not going to be good but the thing is that he said you can like you have it you do whatever you want you can change the story if you want you can keep just the bare bones of what's happening in this story which i think would make it worse but who knows what version of this is going to come out of jj abrams and i guess the the uh thing that i would like to point to would be of course super eight which is a very good movie that is clearly a direct pull from Spielberg. Yeah, yeah. That's, so yeah. I don't know. I mean, it, it's but it also who knows because so much time has passed since he made Super Eight, and now he's fucking done all these other garbage movies. <laughs> At this point, he's ruined enough franchises <laughs> that why not ruin yeah, one that's Abrams not even sucks. a franchise? <laughs> he sucks. Do you like J.J. Abrams? Uh, Fuck I, you. I don't have a, as, as many misgivings with him as you, you, you guys do. Yeah. Dude, he sucks. Ripley Scott so. sucks. J.J. Abrams sucks. He's painful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one other thing that I want to talk about, because I, I guess this is why I thought that you saw the movie in the Dub. dubbed version. Yeah. Because I thought that I recalled having a conversation with you. There's one scene in the movie when uh, uh, when she becomes him for right. the first time, and they're having lunch uh, like on top of the school, and there's this an exchange of uh, I with the feminine, like feminine I, right. Which is really funny if you like understand Japanese well enough to get the differences. And there is the, it does have the parentheses so you can like kind of follow along, but you don't understand like the impact as well. Right. Uh, but I thought that you saw it in English because I thought I had asked you about that scene or maybe we did talk about it, but eventually I knew that you came, you saw the um, one. I. I don't. Uh, I'm. I feel really confident that I saw the subtitled version, but you're you're, give, you're casting some doubt on me now. There's another scene that we talked about afterwards, and like I know that you know some Japanese, mm-hmm. and like I know some Japanese, 
but I definitely, may, and maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like I know maybe the written a little bit better than you. Maybe I, not. I, I don't know. I feel like I can, I can't read, my kanji is weak. My hiragana and katakana are pretty good. Well, okay. So there's one scene where, which is like, so poetic and beautiful and it's adorable the magical twilight scene that's how i know actually that's how i know i saw the dubbed version because excuse me the subtitled version because i in my head i remember reading the same things and thinking the same thoughts about oh i need to pay attention more pay pay more attention to those we that language thing yeah because so we talked about this yeah. and you were like well he wrote down his name the first time but you don't actually ever really see anything and then she opens up her hand when she falls at the end of the hill. And you were like, but that said his name. And I said, no, it's a Daisuke Des, which is, or Daisuke, mm-hmm. which is, I love you. But uh, Dai, like Da, is Ta, yeah, which would be Taki. Yeah. So we had like a big conversation about that yeah, like you're out on the second, patio. I feel like it's in my short term memory and I can't quite unlock it. It's going away. It's fading. Like, no, I'm, I'm actually second guessing myself. I really don't know now. Like, I, I feel like I watched the subtitle. I could be, it's just strange because like we've had this conversation before between sub and dub and I, I make, I'm, I feel like I can make a stronger argument for dub. Um, but uh, I, I honestly, I, I, w- I wish I could commit one way or the other, but I can't. Uh, I feel like this is the same version I watched before. Who knows? What the fuck I know? Uh, <laughs> do you remember them singing in English in the no, background? No, no. I, well, I thought I because the English lyrics are like, 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 like I, yeah. I don't. I remember the Japanese kind of inflection there. The English lyrics are like pretty. Cringy. pretty awful they're, yeah <laughs> they're pretty it's definitely not as like you know what i bet um i bet because they're you know i bought it all on the alamo draft house app i bet i could go back and look up those old tickets somehow oh yeah probably and find out Maybe. whether about the dub is um yeah i don't know when they erase that yeah i'll ask the dude what's his name tim something I was like, yo, Tim, I need this feature. How many movies did I see this year? Which ones were they? Was it dub, sub, 2D, 3D? What Why was it? Why don't you hit up your boy, Devin? Devin? Oh, yeah. <laughs> bleak. Bleak. Very bleak. Gotcha. <laughs> Dude, uh, that podcast he was on has gone to shit ever since he left it or got kicked out or fired or whatever it is. He had a podcast called The Canon. Oh. It was this podcast where it was him and another film critic and he and her would go back and forth fighting or arguing over they would pick a movie and debate should this movie be in the canon of great films to live on forever and it's completely arbitrary but they they build the best case and they argue and they fight it was very entertaining and uh, and then as soon as he got he got you know everything came out for him and he left the show she's just been having like routine guests mm. and then like or, or guests and then like the quality went to crap and then like went from one episode every week to one episode every maybe three three weeks mm. and now it's like barely coming out at all so yeah. it's a really good concept for a, a movie talk kind of platform i feel uh, like we've done that apart. before eh, it's not not quite how they had it but i, I enjoyed their, <laughs> yeah, their, their, their i feel like you've gotten in that type of trouble before <laughs> <laughs> damn <Yeah. laughs> uh, not, gu- not guilty 
Um, there was one little tiny thing among other. There's so many other things to talk about, but I wanted to talk about this one little tiny thing that uh, is sort of a this this bridge between the old and the new that this movie uh, has. I mean, the the female character lives in like an old rural kind of town. You know, that has a has a, has a historicity component to it. The young guy lives in modern Tokyo. You know, uh, but there's this one little shot uh, that they repeat once or a couple times of the camera, if you want to call it that camera, right on the bottom sliding part of a door, and you see the door kind of slide back and forth, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you can, in some cases, you can, in the old, in in the town, in the rural town, you can see like how it's manufactured in in in, in, in on a railing and how it slides mm-hmm. back and forth. But when it cuts, when it has the same shot in the Tokyo area, it's the exact same shot, only it's the subway door doing mm-hmm. the thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah, oh, that's a, a nice little old and new kind of thing that they're doing here with, you know, technology and whatnot. And uh, uh, anyway, I, that, that noticing that was a, tickled me uh, yeah. in, this, in this movie. Damn. It's a good movie. Great movie. <laughs> Bless you. I really like, um, I really, oh, I need a sneeze again. Uh... <laughs> Pause for editing. <laughs> I'm not going to edit that. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'll, for, I'll definitely forget. Yeah. Um, thank you at home if you said bless you to me because <laughs> no one didn't. else here did. I think I heard Brandon say something else. Bless else. you. Thank you. Anyway, um, I really, yeah, I really like all of the little things. Um, I think also a thing that I really enjoy, I really like um, Murakami, the author. Mm. And um, another thing that I really enjoy, or, or I guess a thing that draws me into a lot of like uh, anime and movies, and we're for sure going to be talking about this more next week. So mm-hmm. uh, if you're a Murakami fan, definitely buckle up because we're about to fucking really get into it in the next couple of weeks. Um, but one of the things that I really enjoy is when Uh, because I've read all of his books and all of his books have like a very similar feeling. Hmm. It's almost like you've known these characters since from the beginning of time Hmm. or from the first time that you read his book or his first book, the first book of his that you read, you know these characters and it's like you're kind of getting glimpses of them in like different times in their life. Uh, even though all of the books are completely different characters, there's only one book that has one kind of crossover in it. Um, but all of the books, much like this movie, just have these really, really great uh, attention to detail. And there's a lot of shots, like you were talking about the subway, there's a lot of shots of just the subway moving and the like passage of time and like these really great um, shots of the landscape. I know that they're not shots, right? This is an animated film, but the way that this film is presented is very cinematic. Like it feels like a camera is moving around, um, which is another just another facet of how beautiful and amazing this movie is. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. There's two, uh, there's two shots. I think, uh, really highlight that it's a, uh, it's kind of the same shot in two different occasions, but it's a character walking through a forest 
and you have the these all these layers of trees that dominate the left and the right side of the screen and all these vibrant colors kind of moving in different parallaxes as the camera goes forward i thought that was all I did was want more of that, live in that space and see those, see that, that those dimensions there. But yeah. Yeah. But there's like, so like that scene reminds me a lot of, um, a book that I'll definitely be talking about more, uh, next week, um, Norwegian wood and the subway scenes remind me a lot of the colorless Suzuki or I forget what it is. It's his second to last most recent book. Um, but it reminds me of these two books like so much and it's like for a minute I forget where I am in this movie and like that that there's this beautiful story that I'm being that I have the pleasure of sitting there and listening to I forget that there's that story going on because I just get so lost in like this world of these books and like the scenes that are in this movie Mm -hmm. like i just i get so lost it's crazy um and for sure we will be talking more about that next week uh with what we're watching one other thing that i want to say is uh something so think about that (laughs) think about that (laughs) fuck Uh, do I think we should wrap up on some closing uh, some closing numbers? I mean, uh, I uh, I'll, I'll start myself. Why not? Um, I gave Girl Who Leapt Through Time a, a nine out of ten. Um, I give this a ten out of ten. It's better. Ooh, <laughs> wow! I think this 10 is out of ten. This is I, it's hard do to you am- keep Girl Leapt Through Time a nine out of ten. Still, yes, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Damn. What was Akira? Ooh, Akira, I think Akira might be a nine. Yeah. Oh. It's funny. Actually, there are, there are moments in this movie that I think are very influenced by Akira, not just the crater in the ground, uh, but some of the camera work on that crater, on those revealing shots is very similar to what they had in uh, Akira. Um, there's also in the fantastic, in the trippy moment in that sequence, the main character is in a hand-drawn environment yeah. where he's sort of spinning around kind of uh, loosey-goosey in space. That's very um, uh, reminiscent of the closing scene in Akira with Kaneda locked into that little, that spherical thing, the, the, well, yeah. the dream sequence of Tatsuo where he's going through Tatsuo's youth so there's a there's a very there's a very strong pull there uh, from Akira there I think that's just a common thing it might be tropey it might be tropey that also happens in Howl's Moving Castle like that that scene is very similar to a scene in Howl's Moving Castle which is Howl's like origin story and it even has like more comet fire spirits in it so it's it's very very similar and like there's not really a whole lot of changes in the art style but it does kind of shift into that more like sketchy pastelly kind of thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um yeah so yeah what about you uh what's your one to ten on uh, your name Ooh, i don't know We'll give it a 9.5 9.5 i'm gonna do that because i was like uh you know I was going into it against all odds. I had a I had a stomach full of food and booze. I had a couple of beers, and that is normally a recipe for falling asleep. If I hate the movie, as everyone knows, <laughs> and uh, I didn't even I didn't even uh, you didn't even nod off. I didn't even feel it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I yeah. thought for sure you would give it a ten just because you you Actually were like it. 
You're looking at the movie the entire time. Yeah. That is unheard of. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty that's, that's high praise. High praise. Okay, maybe 9.75. There you I go. just don't want to give it a 10. I don't can't know. give it up. Right. Yeah, yeah, I can't. Why? Give, I don't know. I don't know why I don't want to give it a 10. I, I honestly don't even know what marks I I'm using to not do that. But yeah. I don't know. Maybe right. I'll give 9. it a 9.7, aka a 10 out of 10. <laughs> maybe I'll give it a 9.9. Yeah. I don't know. It's really good. Like, 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 I can't advise anyone to not see it. Like, in any case, I wouldn't be. If someone was like, "I'm gonna go see that," or "I'm gonna watch that," I'd be like, "Cool." Like, like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, it's good. Like, you should watch it. Yeah, yeah. I go ahead, uh, Donna. Oh, go ahead. No, I, I'm gonna interrupt the whole thing. I don't want to. I'm curious what you have to. Oh my! Well, mine obviously is a ten out of ten. 10 this 10. movie's phenomenal. Everyone yeah. should see it. Yeah. Uh, on that note, uh, you did look up the Rotten Tomato score on this. No, I saw, I was, so I was looking on IMDb oh, okay. just to see like some other stuff. Um, uh, this movie has, uh, I think an eight, an 8.7 on IMDb. IMDb notoriously has like bizarro yeah. scores for things. Yeah. But when I was scrolling through some of the information about it, I just want to see like some of the user scores and see like what dipped it, you know, but it got sidetracked because the Metacritic score was listed on there and the Metacritic score was 79, which is positive. Yeah, but, but really low in my opinion. I don't, who, who, uh, I, I'm not familiar with the, the source of Metacritic. Is it actual critics or is yeah, it? Yeah, so Metacritic takes users' reviews and, uh, critic reviews. Okay. And it does, like, you can look at just the critic reviews or just the user reviews or okay. plebe reviews. And then you can get the, it gives you a score, which is based off of the both of them. Yeah, see, this is something that doesn't, it's hard for me to imagine a professional film critic watching this movie and not saying. 9 out of 10, yeah. 10 out of 10. There's no way. Like, where where do you get off being a professional critic and not give it those ratings? Well, now is a bad time maybe to say that, though, because uh, the newest Star Wars notoriously has a 10 out of 10 from all critics and, yeah. like, a 3 to 5 from all audience. So It's weird. I can see... This is what's weird. I can understand critics maybe overpraising a bad movie. But what I don't understand is when they when they underpraise a good movie. That's yeah, that's really yeah. con- that's really weird to me. Yeah, I feel like this is definitely one that the critics would underpraise because like for the most part critics are fucking dumb. Like I feel like I feel like anyone that like writes movie reviews probably sucks to talk to about movies. Yeah, like, it's probably no fun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I okay, so I'm pulling it up right now while we wait for it to load. I think maybe where I could see it is that l- probably less critics saw it, so one critic gives it a negative yeah. review and it fl- flops up the whole it. average. Okay. Okay. So here, here's the deal. The user score is a nine nine. Oh, okay. Nine point oh. Okay. The Metacritic score. God fucking damn it! Why does this shit always happen? Was it rebooting? What's no, going it on? like pulls up a fucking ad for like Amazon. <sighs> it do- that happens to me all the time when I'm looking at like trash on Facebook on my phone. It really drives <laughs> me crazy. Um. So. 
reload that. Okay, so the the meta score is seventy nine. Uh, the user score is nine. And it actually, yeah, okay, here it is. So the majority, it looks like, of, uh, like, actual traditional, like, film right, reviewers right, right. gave it, like, 90s and 80s. And then you get a bunch of assholes. San Francisco Chronicle gave it a 75. IndieWire gave it a 75. Hollywood Reporter gave it a 70. AV Club gave it a 67. What the fuck? Boston Globe gave it a 63. The Guardian gave it a 60. Jesus. Seattle Dumb. Times gave it a 38. Dumb. What? Yeah, all this is bad because it's all dumb white people that write for shitty shit. That is so... That is... It seems... I, I mean, at some point, you're just trolling, right? Yeah, you can't... I, I don't think you... I couldn't, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's there's I mean, no there's no universe where a 38 accurately represents what this movie is. This movie in no way fails. Yeah, musically, uh, art like like there's there's yeah. nothing to to indicate that it's yeah. Uh, that's well, that's the thing. Yeah, I mean, you write for the Seattle Times, and I imagine that you're looking and grasping for any kind of clickbait <laughs> that you can. Yeah, if you're and, still if you're still writing for a paper, <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well. uh Ignore the fucking critics. Go yeah, watch go this watch goddamn it. movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, don't don't. You've already seen it, hopefully. But go go give it to your friends. Tell your friends they have to watch this movie, and uh, and uh, maybe we'll write an angry letter to the Academy for not uh, representing it in the uh, in the twenty in the two thousand sixteen uh, um, uh, Academy Awards. Um, but uh, I think that sort of concludes our thoughts on this. Uh, thank you again for letting me watch it, by the way. Yeah, it's so beautiful. I know it's a pain in the ass to get the damn movie. Oh God, so, it's so expensive. Glad you, Seriously. Glad you went through that Did for you? us. Well, you know, yeah. but the listener at home does not know <laughs> the, the like almost half a year of drama that I went through trying to get this movie right. and ended up buying it for myself spending a hundred dollars on it for myself even though it was a really nice birthday gift from ethan uh about like the super deluxe version it never oh, yeah came. it came with oh it never came no, no never i had came. to buy yeah. it for three myself. months i had to cancel no it was uh, like four or five, four or four months. five months damn it was like it was 200 supposed- bucks Shit. yeah so i had to buy it for myself uh, well Anyway, yeah, great cheaper, birthday present. Not super deluxe version. <laughs> no, this is the deluxe American version. Anyway, do, so... Do we want to announce what we're going to watch yes, next yes. week? So next week, we're going to be doing something. If you remember last year when we did anime, we did uh, Serial Experiments Lane, which hopefully you guys watched and enjoyed and listened to the episode and really enjoyed that. Uh, but if you do recall, that episode was uh very challenging to get through everything yes Uh, and you really had to know the subject matter so this year uh or this time for anime we're actually going to be doing another 12 episode series uh, but we're going to break it into two weeks so we're going to be watching a show that i really enjoy and if you are familiar with it you totally understand why i brought up me as uh murakami earlier uh we're going to be watching kids on the slope 
So we're going to be watching episodes one through six, and then we're going to be doing the episode, and yeah. then the following week we'll do six, uh, Which seven I'm stoked for because it's a it's apparently like a kind of cool jazz based anime. You like jazz, yeah. I like anime, yeah. You like cool jazz too, right? You like some Miles Davis. You like I, some Bill Evans. It's funny that you should say that. It's the one era of jazz that I actually don't care for, but yeah. I. Well, you like Chet Baker though. Chet Baker is kind of my exception to the rule. Anything, actually, actually, it's pre-bop that I like. Yeah, I know you like pre-bop. Post-bop's better, though, dude. Well, yeah, so we'll definitely be (laughs) having some pretty fun music discussions. If I can give you guys a short pitch on why I would suggest maybe watching the show. Uh, If you like jazz, it's definitely worthwhile. If you like slice-of-life shows, this is definitely worthwhile. Uh, if you're interested in political dramas, I would suggest this. Uh, this show is really interesting. And uh, if you like Murakami, for sure you should watch this. There's just a lot of tie-ins, uh, again, with Norwegian Wood in particular, if you like that book. Um, but this series is really fun. They're all 20-minute episodes. It's 12, so that it's not really a, a huge time commitment. Um, but we'll be talking about that next week. I'm really excited to share it with you guys. Do yourself a favor, everybody. Watch the show, Kids on a Kids on the Slope. Yeah. Okay, go go out of your way, get the show, and uh, and then enjoy us chit chatting about it. Yeah, on, it's on, on the next podcast. It's on Crunchyroll yeah. and Hulu. There you go. Yeah. So right. Stay tuned. Uh, so thank you for listening, and uh, let's wrap it up. Bye. <laughs> wow. この世界は僕を飼い鳴らしてたいみたいな望み通りだろう美しい雲が吹くよ互いの砂時計眺めながら奇数を潮よさよならから一番遠い場所で待ち合わせよ Oh, my God.
初めましてなんてさ、はるかかあなたへと。
International. International. 